Performance, a Dreamtime Story, written by False Premise and read by Jab. Summary A retelling of Good Omens as a Dreamtime Story, casting the story within the mythos of the Australian Aboriginal people. This is good omens, as you might hear it in Australia, perhaps walking along the beach, the story punctuated by the rhythmic crashing of crystal clear waves, or perhaps gathered around a crackling fire late at night, the stars of the southern cross twinkling in the sky above you. Crowley, naturally, is the rainbow serpent. Let me tell you a story. It isn't new. You've heard the story before, but you've never heard it quite like this. And before I begin, I must tell you that this version is, well, it isn't mine. Just so we're clear on that. I don't own it, and neither do you. Not this version. Got no rights to it at all. But I love it. I love it told just this way, because it would have been, wouldn't it? This story is eternal, and it should be heard in all its magnificent splendor. Every single variant, every single version. This version of the story, it belongs to the first Australians. So, if you want to hear more, that's where you should go. If you want to give credit, that's where it's due. And because it belongs to the first Australians, before I begin, I must say this. I pay my respect to elders, past and present. Before the beginning, there was the dreaming. But don't think the dreaming ended. The dream time is everyone. The dreaming happened still. Back in the dream time, there came a time when the bird spirits grew arrogant. They imagined themselves closest to the great Skyfather. Some say it was the Gala who started it. Others say it was the Kookaburra. But whoever started it, it grew. The birds could fly, you see and every time they took wing and rose into the sky, they imagined that they were in communion with the great Skyfather himself. They thought themselves superior. They thought they knew better than anyone else. At first the bad spirits objected. They tried to stage a revolution they did. You don't own the sky, they cried out. We fly as well, and we demand our due. They even pointed out that some birds, like emu and cassowary, don't fly at all. I know, who'd dare to enrage a cassowary? And the bird spirits, they were enraged all right. Most of them, anyway. There was a battle. It was fierce. 
It raged in the heavens and threatened to tear the sky itself apart. The sky grew dark with spears, and the people hid in fear. At last the Skyfather himself intervened. He decreed that the sky would belong to the bird spirits during the day and the bad spirits at night. The bird spirits owned the light, the bad spirits owned the dark. And you'd have thought that would have been the end of that, but it wasn't. The rainbow serpent didn't have time for any of it. Not even when the leader of the bad spirits decided that the serpent was on their side. Why, he couldn't say. Perhaps it was his tendency to ask questions, or perhaps he was simply in the wrong place at the wrong time. The rainbow serpent wasn't interested in a war over the sky, and he wasn't interested in what the sky father had to say about it. So the rainbow serpent slithered away. He wandered. His meanderings drew rivers across the country. His dancing created the billabongs, and his rage shaped our land, bringing mountains and valleys, hills and gullies. The rainbow serpent met many people in his travels, and sometimes in her travels. He has many names. He is called Dakan and Kajura, Taipan and Guriala, Mindi and Warombi. But he has another name. He whispered it once, long ago, in the dreaming. It is the name he chose for himself. His name is Crowley. Crowley slithered off far away from the wall for the sky. He wandered and he slithered until he found his mob. When he found them at last, Crowley was overcome with joy and he decided to teach them. He taught them many things. He taught them things he thought the sky father didn't want them to know for he was fed up with the sky and everyone in it. He taught them how to hunt, how to fish, how to dance, how to call the rains and how to make love. He taught them where to find the very best fruit, and they tasted the fruit, and it was sweet. And with time the bellies of the women grew, and children were born. Crowley loved the children, and he taught them too. One time, while Crowley was staying with his mob, a bird spirit appeared with feathers of the crispiest white and a halo above his head so gold it shone like the sun, a sulphur-crested cockatoo spirit called a Xerophil. The cockatoo spirit gave Crowley's people a gift. He gave them fire. Crowley watched his people learn to cook their tucker and to warm themselves by the crackling of the fire during the cold night. He watched them surround the fire and tell the stories of the dreaming, and he was pleased. When Aziraphale confessed his doubts, when he confessed that he wasn't so certain that his gift was good, that he wasn't so sure it was as the Skyfather had intended it, Crowley reassured him. You're a being of the sky, he said. Of 
course you've done exactly as the Skyfather intended. In truth, Crowley himself didn't care one way or another if the Skyfather wanted the people to have fire or not. He just knew that he liked it. Crowley liked it very much. And so, although Aziraphale did not yet know it, he did not only give that day, he took something too. That fateful day, Aziraphale took Crowley's heart. Aziraphale left, and the rainbow serpent loved him still. Soon after that visit, the time came for Crowley to leave his mob, and when he left, he sought out Aziraphale. They met, over and over, again and again. They met in draught and in floods. They met in the wet season and in the dry. They met all over this vast country, and they met in lands far away, in the company of all kinds of people, and in the company of no one but each other. They met year after year after year, and the stars turned in the heavens, and they met still, and Crowley fell ever more in love. Aziraphale was clever, he was kind, he collected stories, flew all over the world collecting his stories he did. The rainbow serpent would visit Aziraphale, and they would set up camp and light a fire. Crowley would curl around Aziraphale protectively, and Aziraphale would tell him story after story, as the sun set and the stars dotted the inky black sky. They could yarn all night long, and when it was like that, just the two of them, it was perfect. Crowley was happy, and he was sure that Aziraphale was too. There was just one problem. Aziraphale believed the lies of the bird spirits. Not really, not fully. He was clever, after all. But he believed them just enough. Just enough that the believing was dangerous. And the bird spirits, why, their arrogance only got worse as time went on. The bird spirits became more arrogant than ever, and the bad spirits came to agree. We both fly, they whispered. We soar above the earth. We touch the heavens themselves. We are better than the creatures of the earth. We are better than the creatures of the sea. We are better than people. And so they agreed. It was the will of the Skyfather, they said. The earth must burn. The sea must boil. Only the sky should survive. And the bird spirits and the bad spirits agreed that then they would battle again. They would battle anew for the right to rule the sky. While all of this remained a far-off plan, Crowley did his best not to worry. He travelled the world, he spent time with his mob, and he visited Aziraphale. But then a child was born. A child was born to a woman of the fruit bat people, the flying fox mob, and the bat spirits declared him one of their own, 
and began to whisper in his ear. This child, they said to all who would listen, this child will grow to destroy the earth. The earth will burn, and the sea will boil, and only the sky will remain, and we shall fight for it. The rainbow serpents didn't want the earth to burn or the sea to boil, and so he went to Aziraphale with a plan. It took some convincing, but Crowley was good at convincing, and so convince him he did. Aziraphale went to the Gala spirit and asked to spy upon the boy on behalf of the bird spirits, and, filled with his own self-importance, the Gala agreed at once. Crowley went to the bad spirits. I could teach the child things, he said, as I taught my mom. And haven't I always been on your side? Haven't you always said so? And the bad spirits agreed. They worked hard together, the rainbow serpent and the cockatoo spirit. And it was a clever trick. But fate, or was it the intervention of the Skyfather himself, who could say, had other plans? It was the wrong boy, you see. They'd all lost track of him, the bird spirits, the bad spirits, and Aziraphale and Crowley. And so the child was raised in the usual way by his people, by his mob. And he learned the ways of people. He learned their dreamtime stories. He learned where he belonged, and he learned the law. But Crowley and Aziraphale, they didn't know any of that. When they discovered that they had the wrong boy, they assumed that the right boy was out there, intent on destroying the earth. They assumed that the earth would burn, and the sea would boil, and that only the sky would remain. Let's run the rainbow serpent said. Let's run far away into the stars, where the bird spirits and the bad spirits will never find us and live there forever. And, of course, by that he meant, I love you. Let's stay, said the cockatoo spirit. The sky father will save us all, and save you too, for he forgives you for giving knowledge to the people. For I forgive you for everything, always. And, of course, by that he meant, I love you. But neither heard what the other said. It is like that sometimes. And so they ran, but in different directions. The cockatoo spirit flew as high as he could, as close to the sky as he could reach, and he begged the Skyfather for assistance. But none came, and he flew so high his wings faltered and broke, and he fell, and he lost his body and became nothing but spirit. But still the Skyfather did not reply. Only the Kookaburra, and Kookaburra did nothing but laugh. Aziraphale knew then that help would not come. He knew he had to save the world himself. And though he was nothing but a spirit, he searched the world for help, appealing to those who knew how to listen to the whispering of spirits. 
and in his wanderings he came upon one of Crowley's mob. And when the young man was asked who he was and to whom he belonged, Aziraphale did not know what to say. Although Aziraphale would never lose faith in the Skyfather, he was not on the side of the bird spirits any more. So where did he belong? How could he answer? But the young man was Crowley's mob. He knew Aziraphale for who he was. They'd never forgotten about the fire, you see. The young man told Aziraphale to return to the Rainbow Serpent. Cockatoo Spirit is on the Rainbow Serpent's side, you see, and on ours too. Always has been, always will be. And, seeing the wisdom in what the young man had said, that's exactly what Aziraphale did. Crowley was on a run from the bad spirits. The bad spirits had found out about his trick, and they were after him. But he couldn't escape to the stars, not without Aziraphale, not even when he feared that Aziraphale was gone forever. And so Crowley despaired. He took himself off to a lonely part of the bush, and he wailed in grief. But then Aziraphale appeared by his side. Though Aziraphale was merely a spirit, Crowley sensed him at once, and he was overcome with relief. They were together again, and they would save the world, together. Aziraphale, though he was still just a spirit, realized that he knew where the boy was, after all. It was hidden in a story, you see, as everything important always is, and Aziraphale is the keeper of the stories. They travelled to where the boy was, to where the earth would be destroyed. They travelled to where the earth would burn, the sea would boil, and nothing but sky would remain. And they were intent on stopping the child. They were intent on doing whatever necessary to stop him. But the child was raised by his people. The boy knew who he was and where he belonged. And the boy knew the law. And so the child refused to destroy anything. Not when the bad spirits told him to. Not when the bird spirits told him to. Not when they ranted and raved. And so there was no battle. There was no war. No burning. No boiling. And the world remained. And the boy, who was kind, returned Aziraphale's body to him. And there was, in the end, little for them to do but stand by the child. The world was saved, but the bird spirits and the bad spirits were still enraged, and they knew who to blame, so they came for Aziraphale and Crowley. They dragged them both to the deepest of billabongs, and they tried to drown them. But the Rainbow Serpent had created the billabongs and the water, and the Rainbow Serpent had always had an understanding, you see. And the water knew that the Rainbow Serpent loved Aziraphale. So the billabong spared them. When they saw that the water would not drown them, the bird and the bad spirits grew only more enraged. 
they gathered sticks from all around, and they built a fire as tall as the tallest tree. They threw Aziraphale and Crowley into the fire, thinking that they'd be burnt up. But it was Aziraphale who had given fire to the people, and the flame remembered this, and the flame knew of Aziraphale's love for Crowley. So the fire spared them. And seeing this, the bird and the bad spirits fled in terror back to the sky that was their home. It was over. The world was safe, and so were they. Aziraphale and Crowley journeyed home together. And there they were, or there they are, or there they will be, for the dreaming is happening still, in the world as it is in the world as it will continue to be, in the world as we must protect it. The Rainbow Serpent and the Cockatoo Spirit that he loves. The Rainbow Serpent and the Cockatoo Spirit who loves him in return. And as the sun sets on the horizon, they set up camp. Aziraphale lights a fire. Crowley curls around him protectively. And Aziraphale, who is the keeper of the stories, tells a good one. They could yarn all night. And as the stars come out, dotting across the inky black sky, they probably will. Author's Notes I pay my respect to elders, past and present. The stories of the Australian Aboriginal people are borrowed respectfully, with the intent of doing them greater justice than Book Cannon did. For those of you who haven't read the book, after Aziraphale loses his body, he appears in several places around the world before finding Crowley. At one point he appears with an Australian Aboriginal man, and the interaction is awful. I hope that this story helps to make amends. Any errors within this story are my own. Anything beautiful or worthy belongs to the Aboriginal people. If you enjoyed this story, I'd encourage you to delve deeper. Australian Aboriginal culture is the oldest living culture on earth. It is a kinship-based culture, meaning that knowing who you are and where you belong in relation to other people and nature is key. Life is an interwoven web of duty and care, sometimes called the law. Yet the Australian Aboriginal people are not a single cultural entity. They are over 500 nations, with varied cultural traditions and beliefs and over 250 languages. As such, there isn't a single dream time, but many. There are two genuine Aboriginal deities within the story. The Rainbow Serpent is arguably the most widely known Aboriginal deity and that is probably because he appears in the stories of so many different Aboriginal nations. As such, he has many different names. 
In some traditions he is referred to as male, in some as female, and in others as hermaphrodite. He is an important and cherished deity, a key creative spirit and a giver of life. In some stories he gives his people specific knowledge like how to dance, but he also often has a bit of a temper. The rainbow serpent is almost always associated with water and rain. In fact, in some traditions it is said that a rainbow is the rainbow serpent jumping from one waterhole to the next. He is also often associated with fertility. The rainbow serpent may well be the oldest living deity in the world. The Sky Father, or Bayami, appears in the dreaming of several aboriginal peoples in southeastern Australia. He came down from the sky to the land, created rivers, mountains and forests, and gave the people the law. Links have been made to the Christian god, but it is clear that the Sky Father predates the arrival of Westerners. Obviously, in this story, links between the Sky Father and the God of Good Omens, and between Crowley and the Rainbow Serpent, are crucial to the tale. No offense is intended by making these connections. Finally, this story uses a few Aboriginal English words. Here's the definitions. Dreamtime the Dreaming, the mythos and religious stories of the Aboriginal people. Importantly, the the dreaming doesn't just refer to the past, it is everyone. Yarn, to talk, especially to share stories and knowledge, or to reach a shared understanding. Mob, people, so my mob means my people. Billabong, a watercourse that runs only after rain, a pond left after a river changes course, a lake. And this one isn't Aboriginal English in particular, just ordinary Australian English, but it is important that you get the joke. Gala, an idiot. Reader's Notes Usually I don't do any free talk at the end of a recording, and usually I don't include any author's notes either, but to me it kind of sounded appropriate to do it for this one. I often don't feel confident recording podfics that center around cultural backgrounds that I'm unfamiliar with, or racial issues, mostly because I don't know whether I would do them justice as they deserve to get. And I really liked how Ford's premise explains why the story was written as it is and, and what the background for it is. So that's why I really wanted to include it and comment on it myself. I really, really liked the story. It spoke to me so much that I just had to record it right away after reading it. And because I wanted to include it in um, the voice team challenges, because that's what's going on right now, I decided to try and make some appropriate noises as a chapter divider. 
And I went with the the wind sound for the bird spirits people and with the hissing sound for the rainbow serpent. So it would sound a bit, to me at least, um, as if Aziraphale and Crowley were having a conversation. I also recorded this as a surprise present for Ford's premise, so I probably, as a not-native speaker, butchered a lot of the names, and I'm very sorry about that, and I definitely mean no offense by that either. I was just so excited to record and make it a present that I didn't do my research as properly as I should, and I hope that can be excused. I hope you had as much fun with this story as I had, and thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you.